This. This is, this is diversified, diversified, diversified game, game, game. game. A podcast giving entrepreneurial advice from a diverse and inclusive perspective with Kelly. He may agree, he may oppose, and it's more than just race, it's about, you know, ideas. So, let the game begin. It's Kellen, and today on Diversified Game, I have Brittany, a.k.a. BB, from BB Design Glam. That's the name of her company. She's right here in Palm Beach County, and she is going to give us the game, not just on beauty and having a beauty bar, but also about her boutique that she has, because she does more than just the makeup, the lashes. She also has clothing. So we're going to get into it while I listen to it on my seek. 4D headphones, the first in the world. Thank you, Seek, for these headphones. Black-owned company, you guys, better than Beats. Brittany, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Thank you so much. I'm well. I am well. I'm blessed. I can't complain. I hope you had a happy holiday. Oh, yeah. Holiday is always good, um, especially if you can have family around, which this is one of those times we were able to. So I was, I was thankful, given the craziness. How was your holiday? Um, it was good. It was a little rough. Um, I lost a loved one due to COVID. So this was my uh, first holiday without them. Um, but, you know, you start to appreciate the things that you still have and and not take things for granted so much. So good spirits over here. Definitely felt blessed to be around, you know, love and people that love you back and things of that nature. So very good day. Can't complain. Yeah, and that's un- unfortunate and, and sorry for the loss of the family member. And, you know, this is a real, um, real thing we're going through with COVID. So you guys mask up, you know, since you, you started with that, I was going to ask you somewhere down the line, how has COVID impacted your business? But how has COVID impacted your life? Um, well, as I started, um the person was actually my grandmother, so she was one of my favorite people in the world. Um, so I don't, I mean, people, anyone who suffered loss of someone close to you, um, especially when it's unexpected, um, it's a hard scenario. Um, I, I didn't just lose her to COVID. I actually watched her kind of go from bad to worse to no longer with us. And so it's a very hard process to watch. Um, But I do think I was fortunate. A lot of people I've talked to who've lost someone due to COVID didn't get to see their loved ones before they passed. They didn't get to, you know, make peace or say goodbye or even just be with them in their final moments. And I was blessed enough to have that opportunity. Um, So in that sake, you know, you just have to take the little victories where you can. but in general, on a larger scheme, I think not just personally, it's just, it's, it's been tough. I'm not going to say um, it hasn't even from, from the business aspect of the forced close downs. And um, of course, what I do is a beauty bar um, and a boutique. And so um, the boutique can run online. So that business is like, you know, it's still feasible without having to see people, but the the beauty bar is strictly um, a personal relationship with our clientele. And so not being able to be open and service or have that one-on-one or them come in, um, definitely put that side of the business to a complete halt, um, which I think without 
without needing to be said means there's definitely a large financial loss um, on that end and definitely some setbacks. It also changes dynamic. I had to just hire a, um, a completely new team of people um, and not that there were issues with old people. It's just everybody had to figure out how to best handle COVID in what we were dealt with for themselves. And for some people, they couldn't you know, afford to wait for businesses to be back open or for things of that nature. So um, it has definitely been a, a long journey, a challenge, but um, I think like anything in life, it's just one day at a time. And if you focus on bad, then I think that's what you feel like is the majority and that's what continues to pour back into you. And if you choose to focus on the good and then that's what you put out and that's what you'll receive. So that's just kind of my take and what I've been trying to trying to do, focus on the good and focus on the positive. So my listeners will say, wait, Kellen, you said, you know, everything was open in Florida. So are you one of those businesses by choice? You just decided to like shut things down. And at what point did you say, you know what, we're going to just close up shop for now? Because coming from Seattle, I was like, wow, I was shocked how many things were, were open in Florida. So we are open now. Um, so I'm currently open. Um, but that is as of recently. Um, I was one of the businesses who was closed due to the force mandate back in, I think that was like March, mid-March maybe. Um, and then they did do like a reopening. When was that? Maybe like June or July. Um, and I just, it was then by choice. Um, I wasn't ready. I, I personally felt like it was still a lot of unknown. It was too soon. Um, and I, I wasn't really ready to risk myself or clients. Um, I didn't feel like I was best prepared yet to make sure that we're taking every possible precaution to protect those that work there and the people who trust us and come in to see us. Um, and so I kind of just fell back. I was waiting to see like how the reaction was going to go. Were numbers going to skyrocket up once the businesses open backed up? Um, I had different colleagues um, and mentors in business who I wanted to see how things were going and reach out and see what their feedback was like and um, kind of just get the different ideas and updates as they came out, even from like the health department or CDC updates on um, recommendations on what we can do to you know, best protect ourselves and those in our community. Um, and once I felt like I was at a place where I could confidently do that and know that we, we've taken all the precautions on our end that we can, um, then I was like, all right, well, you're either gonna continue to stay closed and potentially go out of business or you're gonna, you know, get back out there, deal with life and just manage the things that I'm able to manage. I can't control everything, but the things that are able to be controllable, you know, we just try to make sure that we're doing those things on our part. And, and so, you know, just so people understand, you know, you have rent to pay, lights to pay, water and all that yeah. to pay. None of that um, stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was the government, because, you know, a lot of folks think business owners just got bailed out and some even cashed out big time and, you know, oh, it was great if you had a business um, did the government come in and do their part to help you? Cause I know a lot of businesses, especially black owned businesses that did not get any help. Yeah. Um, I, I do as well. 
Um, I can say there was some assistance um, for my business um, with the SBA loans. I can tell you that it wasn't, <laughs> it, it was like a, a month or two maybe. If I, if I stretch it, maybe I can say it was like two months, but not quite of bills. So I don't want to make it seem like they rained down this, <laughs> this check that just was like, I was throwing money or had it like that. But I mean, um, in times like these, even a month, especially for a small business, a month can make a difference in whether you can recuperate or not. Um, did they do their part? Uh, I, I can't really say I think that. Um, I think there could have been a lot more done for small businesses in general. I think a lot of businesses that, um, I don't know their finances, so I won't say they didn't need it, but I just think a lot of businesses that had well off more to be able to maintain um, through this period, I think they received a lot of dollars that could have been allocated back into small business owners and into communities that probably could have benefited more from the money. Um, so I, I wasn't really a fan of how that all um, happened, but you take what you can get. And I know my, what I did get was a lot more than a lot of colleagues and people that I do know in business who you're absolutely right, received absolutely nothing. Um, and you're right, bills don't stop. Um, clients can't come in, but landlords still want their rent. People who own their places, you still got to pay mortgage, the lights, electric. Um, and for some of us, like if you're trying to maintain staff that you have, um, you're trying to see if you can make a budget to keep paying them or to give them something to hold them over. So it's definitely a lot that goes that went into it. No, that's awesome. Now, how did you, you know, start? Was it with the boutique first or was it with the beauty bar? And what made you, you know, really jump out there to say, I don't want to just work for somebody. I want to create, I want to be, you know, an employer of people. When did that begin for you? Um, so I was in corporate um, for some years and I don't, I, I, I didn't start wanting to be an employer for people. I started off with the mentality of, I was miserable in my corporate position. Um, I was the only person who was of my age, who was a woman, who was um, black, who looked anything like me doing what I was doing. And I was making six figures doing it. And the money was great. It created a lifestyle for me that I grew accustomed to. But other than that, it was like I was a robot every day. I was in a world of either always having to come wrapped up, ready to fight this unspoken battle in the workplace. Um, and it was it was just a it was a very hostile work environment. Um, I was I was with all men of maybe like 50s and up. Um, who made sure that their personal preferences of people uh, was known. And so it was just, it was just a rough place to, to come in every day and fight the good fight. And honestly, I was just tired of that. And I was tired of having to report to someone and I was tired of making so much money for someone else and 
from the money that I'm contributing to their company, taking away pennies um, for myself. And then in return, having no life, giving up all my time, um, being on call almost 24 seven, people had access to call me for work stuff whenever they wanted to. And it wasn't my work, it wasn't my passion. Um, it was just literally a job that I was being paid to do. Um, and so in the midst of that, um, prior to that, I had always been doing makeup um, since college and just not on a serious level. I was just like, it was something I just kind of had a natural talent for. Um, we would go to like dances or parties and some of the, the friends would be like, hey, can you do my makeup? We're going out or people would hit me up and things like that. Um, and it was just something I always loved. It never felt like work. It was just something I was always passionate about. I always was into my own makeup and things of that nature. So um, in my process of seeing how I was going to maneuver my way out of corporate life, um, I thought, well, if I want to take this seriously and I want to be taken seriously, what's my next step? And for me, that meant let's go, you know, follow what you need to follow in Florida to become a legal professional. And for me, that was beauty school. Um, to get licensed as an esthetician. And I figured if I wanna do makeup professionally, I need to learn about skin and everybody's skin and their different skin types and what goes into it and how to best manage it. And I just wanted to take it super serious and, um, and, and learn everything I could. So that's what I did. I was, um, I was going to work in the mornings. And when I got off, I was going to beauty school and I would be there till late night and then I would go home sleep and just repeat that cycle. And that was went on for about four months and I graduated from beauty school. Um, and then I picked up a freelance job with um, one of the largest rec recognized um, beauty companies, Mac Cosmetics. And I was, I was excited about it. It was an opportunity for me to have some real life experience to learn from a company who has set many trends in the industry for decades and um it, it did just that for me it put it put me out in front of people it introduced me to other professionals um in the beauty world and it taught me a lot about business in the beauty industry in particular um and through that process um i shifted out of corporate and i shifted into that full time and i i went in knowing that it was going to be a large pay cut for me. It was going to be some very different lifestyle changes I was going to have to make. But I came to the point of, you know, following passion versus just paying bills and, and doing everyday thing like a robot, like just living the same life every day, every day. Um, and so when I, when, I, when I first got into it, it was just about me. Um, it was strictly like, I hate this. Let me go find myself. Let me go find what I love. Let me dive into it. And I just want to work for myself kind of thing. Working with clients and taking on, uh, taking on parts of like their interests and their life and what they're looking for is kind of what evolved everything for me. BB Desire Glam started out as me. Um, and I used to be a radio personality in college and my radio name was BB Desire. And so um, the glam, I just attached onto that as a makeup kind of aspect of things beauty. And so I just kind of made that my name. And then after working with clients, um, 
they would like ask me for different services and people would tell me all the time like you know any given week women are carving out five appointments a week in five different places with five different professionals so that they can go get their hair done their nails done their makeup they have a lash check in all these different places and they're like you spend so many hours a week just trying to fit in these different appointments and they're like it's so inconvenient it's one reason why people like the mall they can go get all these different things in one location and i thought why don't we have a place like this where you can have top professionals at the top of their game and whatever they specialize in whether it's lashes makeup nails pedicures microblading permanent makeup anything but just have them all under one roof so that women can come in they can just see all their favorite people in one spot one day get it all knocked out and it's just so much more convenient it can be a great fun safe atmosphere they can get their clothes their nails their makeup and then they can be on their way and they don't and it's one day and it saves them so much time so like everybody's busy everybody has a, a full workload um and i thought why, why are we complaining about it? Like, why don't I just make it? Like why that can be BB Desire Glam. Like, and, and that's how, that's, that's literally how it came. I had no idea how I was gonna make it work. I had no idea what to even do when I first started out. Um, I just had the vision and was like, yeah, th that's a great idea. Like we should do it. Like I should do it. Like, okay, why not? I'm gonna do it. And then we just kind of went on from there. Now, did you get your love of makeup from being like part of the dance team in high school? I know that, you know, dance teams usually, you know, it's fully dolled up. And when I saw your pictures for the first time, I'm like, is that a real person? Like, it was really a doll I thought I was looking at. And I was like, yeah, because she's in, you know, various pictures and, and various places. So is that where you got your love of makeup? I don't think so. Um I was on a dance team in high school. That's so funny you said that. Um, <laughs> but it's so funny because in high school, I was a complete tomboy. Um, and I don't think it was maybe until like, maybe like senior year of high school that I actually started like tapping into like my femininity. Um, before then, I was just like, sneaker head I was like give me like the baggy boy shirt I was shopping like the boys department it's hilarious um I grew up in church and it was like an ongoing fight with my mother like to to put some heels on I think I owned one pair of heels and they were like literally for church only um so I wasn't really like the girl who was like my version of makeup back then was like some lip gloss and maybe some bad eyebrow pencil but like that was it um, and to be honest, I don't know what kicked it off really. I know I was in college, um, and I'm, I'm not really sure. I went to college, um, which was very different than where I grew up. I grew up in Connecticut and then I went to, um, Norfolk state, which is an HBCU in Virginia, Norfolk, Virginia. And, um, it was a completely different world than what I had been surrounded by previously and I met different girls um from all over and I don't know I think you just get with you find people in college who your energies just kind of vibe and connect and 
I just started exploring different things. I started getting into things that I hadn't really shown an interest in before. And I started exploring and getting out of my comfort zone and just trying new things. I'm like, hey, I'm in a new area. It's like my first taste of like adulthood and being out on my own. And I'm just, I was, I was on an exploration to find out what the new me is into. And um, through, through that journey, I found makeup and I just, I started exploring and, and I didn't, I had no clue what I was doing with it. I just know that people liked it. And so I was like, I liked the girls would come sit and get their makeup done with me in college. And they would come in upset about a boyfriend or upset about something. And they'd talk to me and we'd have like a cool little chat. And then they would leave feeling so much better. And they would like have this new confidence about themselves and, like oh my god girl I look so good I'm gonna go step out and just they they would just leave like they could go conquer the world and I just found myself enjoying that feeling that I was a part of it and it made me feel like even for girls that I really didn't know well maybe that was the only time that we would have a conversation I felt like we were now connected through our makeup transformation together and I was now a little part of their journey in life wherever that took them and I just I fell in love with that feeling of being able to 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 do that for women. Oh, that's that's awesome. Now, did you know any other you know entrepreneurs? Because being from New England, you know, there's um, money there. I, I I got married in New I got married in New England. I I you know was a almost permanent resident of Westport, Connecticut. Like at 16 years old, I'd come back mm. so much. And so, but you're, you're very far from there. You're more like near the river and, and Rhode Island. So did you see like successful entrepreneurs with your parents or grandparents, you know, entrepreneurs, so you knew you could do it or what no, gave you the confidence? Not at all. <laughs> um, I think I knew one lady from church and she owned a hair salon when I came up and, um, that was it. Um, and I say that because I never even thought, I never even thought I could like own my own business, I would say until moving to Florida. Um, and in Florida, for me, that was where I saw like, wow, this is possible. In Connecticut, everything was about people who worked good jobs. And in more times than not, it was healthcare. And it was like, in Connecticut, it's like, get a degree, go to school and get a, get into a good firm, get into a good hospital, like get in, it, it, it prepared you to go get a really good job for someone else and work for them. Um, and I really didn't know any entrepreneur. So it didn't really seem like something that was ever possible. It wasn't even something I had ever like thought about or considered. I was focused on going to school to try to get an education network and get a really good job working for someone else. And when I moved to Florida, this was the first time I had seen not just people in general, but black people um, and not old where they're like, I don't want to call people 60 old, but I'm just saying up there in age where they're over the middle half of their life. No, I was seeing like, kids like my age like kids in their 20s and 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 some even younger and they're like oh yeah I own my business I run this support me come shop here and I'm like what like you're the owner you're the 20 year old owner of this 
cute little establishment or this restaurant or and it was it wasn't just like one or two people it was everywhere I was meeting people I was brand new here I knew nobody so I was out everywhere and I'm talking to people just randomly at bars or at events and people are handing me business cards left and right hey come check us out hey here's a flyer and I'm like I, I was just excited I was like baffled at first I'm like how like what's like what's happening like how is this possible and then I'm just talking to people and people are like, yeah, you know, you just got to X, Y, Z, you know, get your stuff together, get an LLC, you can, you know, do what you want to do. Like, don't, you don't have to sit around and wait. And I'm like, you're right. Like, I don't have to sit around and wait. Like, you're right. But I, I still had no idea. Okay. Like, it sounds great, but like, how? And it's like, nobody's really like pulling you aside. Even I see some of these like seminars now, people are like, learn how to, do X, Y, Z. And it's like, they give you like these little tiny gems, but they're super general. I tell people it's like nothing you couldn't have looked up on Google and find out. And everybody will like give you like the step, but nobody tells you like how, like lay it out for me. Like how, like, don't tell me what they'll tell you like what you need, but nobody tells you like, how do you do it? And so I had no idea, but it was the first time that I even had the vision in my mind that like I could and that I wanted to. And so I always say, like people ask, and I say, Florida did that for me. And um, so I'll always appreciate appreciate that from moving here. Well, well, they give you the how because, and, and excuse this, you know, and I'm going to keep it PG, but this is like sex. People can show you, tell you the what, they can tell you their experience, but until you really get into it, you really don't know how, because everybody has a different, you know, everyone has a different feeling. Everyone has a different uh, position, how they take things. Um, You know, there's a a different climax. You want to give the whole game, but at the same time, you know, when you, and I'll go back to the sex reference, nobody wants to talk about the, you know, when you have a baby and what that happens if your baby gets sick and that feeling. So it's so easy to talk about, this is how you get into the bedroom. This is how you get into entrepreneurship, but I can't guide you through the full feelings because on the woman's side if I and I've never pushed one out but I have two kids you know if I told you what the feeling of having that baby and it being delivered you might run if I told you how the blood might spatter across the room you might be like hold on I don't want to do that you know um I gotta you don't I know you don't get 10 hours of sleep every day as an entrepreneur and if you tell someone I don't I only get you know Four, they'll be like, hey, I, I don't want say, that to be. Four is a good day. Four is a good, like, that's a good day. That's the goal. Four. Yeah. So that, that that's why it sometimes seems like that. Because we know, you know, I went to the Harvard of the South, Grambling State University. You went to a great HBCU as well. The, no colleges, not even Harvard in Boston can show you step by step. So you really got to get there, maybe find some good mentorship, but then you took it to another level where you got a retail space. And then you said, I want to make clothes. And, you know, when I saw your boutique, I'm like, it looks like she's really designing and making these. That's hard. That's something that most people don't want to do. So talk about that. I don't design. I just want to put that out there. Okay. You don't design. I don't design. Lord, but praises to everybody who does, because that is, um, and it's funny because when I first started out, I was looking for a specialty boutique. I wanted to carry a individual line that no one else had. And I was trying to partner with 
um, a designer to do it. And let's just say that route was just like a complete showdown, which is why I know you're absolutely right. Designing clothes is like, they have a special gift. And when, when you've got it, you've got it. But there's a lot of people who don't got it. Um, so I went wholesale route. And so my boutique, um, I do hand pick every item that we carry. Um, and I'm kind of selective because I have a like look for the boutique that I'm going for um, or that I like to deliver out, but I, I don't design it. And it actually started before I brought clothes in. Well, it started with sunglasses um, and I had a good response. Um, and it, 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 it was sunglasses wasn't on purpose. It wasn't something I sat back and was strategic. I literally just was a big fan of sunglasses myself. So I would always find like really cool sunglasses. So I like the first thing I said to you was like, I love this vibe. Like I love shades. I love frames. Um, that's kind of just like my own personal tick. So I would always find like cool pieces out places and I would wear them. And um, in the same with necklace pieces, I would find like really like big, like cool eclectic pieces that were just like unique and you wouldn't see everywhere and people would always stop me and compliment me on either my necklace or my frames and um I was just like this is insane and then like in Connecticut I didn't used to get to wear frames that often I mean it wasn't that much sun in the year um wasn't really many days but in Florida I had frames on all the time you know it's always hot and sunny here and it was just a repetitive thing like people kept hey where'd you get those frames from and I was so tired of sending people to other people's stores like oh I got these from such and such that I was I was giving people so much business promoting their frames and I was like I should just sell my own frames and so I started hunting and I started finding like cool frames or things that I thought were cool and I started posting them up um, posting them on Snapchat, putting them up and people would be like, how much are those? Where can I get those? Da, da, da. And I was like, you know, when you first start and you don't really know anything about anything, I was just like, oh, you can like send it to me on PayPal. And uh, if you're local or give me your address and I'll send it. And I was like, this is so unprofessional. I was like, I need a website. Like I need a website and you just post it on there and people can just purchase. And that's how it, it first started. Um, and then as um, a plus size model, which I was in Miss Florida plus America. Um, one of the main conversations or topics of conversations between women who are plus size is the lack of size diversity in clothes when they're shopping and the limited amount of places that they're able to shop um, to find clothes in their size. And usually in any given store, it's a little section somewhere in a corner that has like super like out of touch and outdated clothes. And it's like, there's like young and trendy females who want to wear the same things that they see in other sizes. It's just, it doesn't go in their size. And, um, and I've personally dealt with the frustration myself. And I was just like, that's what I want to do. I want to have a plus size boutique where I can go find those cool pieces and those cool outfits in our size that's lacking in stores and pick out stuff that flatters our body type and um, being plus size, I know what that is and that's what I wanna do. And I'm gonna speak just to that community. Um, and that was the first target for the boutique. In that, 
I had so many other size women, friends and whatnot, who loved the pieces that they were seeing. And they were like, I hate going to your site because you only carry plus size. And, you know, you don't have anything for me. And a part of my mission statement was to create this inclusive and diverse place. And I'm like, well, how is it inclusive and diverse if I'm segregating a whole community of people just because they're not plus size? And I was like, it's kind of like the same thing that plus size people say gets done to them. So I said, you guys are right. I'm going to open up for all sizes and it's going to go from small through plus sizes so that this is a place where no matter what your size, height, shape, color, ages, there will be something for you. And so then it kind of expanded um, into this. And then with the beauty bar, it expanded into carrying it in a brick and mortar area where local people could come inside and actually shop and try things on and um, do that as well. Um, so I don't know. I, I feel like my business expanding grows with my natural journey of life. I don't think I was a person who like sat back and had this grand plan all planned out and written down and knew exactly what I wanted and set out to do it all at once. It kind of like I had one vision for it. I started down that road and maybe while I'm on that journey for that one thing, something else opened up another door or another opportunity presented. And I just kept finding new and different ways to expand and change. And some of those things I had never even considered, but they made so much sense that I said, you're like, this needs to happen. And I kind of just kept going that way. now you've really you've really taken the hashtag my one of my favorite hashtags monetizing your life or monetize your life everything you're interested in I can make money and and as a, a consultant and a publicist that's just where I I believe everyone should be at what you're doing you know every step and so then I guess the next step would be when you write your book or make, you know, a documentary on how you did that? Where are you in in the steps of, you know, jotting this journey down, even though it's just started, you know, but you've, you've and, and catch my wording, sprinted away from corporate, you know, uh, <laughs> and, 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 you know, you, you, you're make you're going down your own path. So, you know, where, where are you in documenting that? So another young woman can say, you know what, I can do it too, because I read it or I saw it on her YouTube or, you know, not just this podcast, but her own podcast where she really kind of, you know, guides us on how this entrepreneur life in beauty can be. So you're going to have me spill a little tea, but, um, that is already in the works. Um, I am not at a place where I feel like I'm ready to put one out currently just because um, I want more of the story to be included. But I have, um, I can say I have already been in talks with um, like a publishing person who, um, we, we have had these discussions about um, doing a book. It is being, the journey is being documented. Um, 
in that is in the plans to do. Um, because okay. at this date, I mean, that that's, that's where, that's where I take what I do and turn it into like what I kind of want to leave behind. Um, and at this point, my personal goals now are less in service as far as actual service, me actually servicing people and more into now education and mentoring. Um, and I've had some great mentors along the way, um, but I also had long periods of times where there was no mentorship whatsoever, um, which made me value the ones that I kind of did come upon, but it also made me want to be the type of person that I felt like I was missing um, when I was starting up and trying to get things together and had no clue, but I knew I had something inside of me and I knew I had a great idea and I just didn't know what to do. So that is definitely, um, that is definitely something that is going to happen. Don't think that it has to be perfect. What happens a lot of times, especially when you have a great story is you'll put it out and, you know, maybe Penguin, I always use Penguin. I don't know what it is. I, I love y'all, Penguin. We'll see it and then say, you know what? We want to republish this and let us put the machine behind it. One, the one advice I always tell guests is for someone who has a publishing company, because I love to write. I don't do enough of it, but I love to write. And even my, my kids write books is to have your own publishing company, no matter what deal you do, because on your second, third book, it will make a difference and that you now have a deal. It's kind of the Dame Dash effect where you're controlling your narrative. You know, you're not going to have to beg for your rights of your story 15 years down the road, like we see, you know, Dave Chappelle and Kanye West doing right now. Yeah. Um, so you, 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 it's a partnership more than anything because it's your story. I don't care how much money they give you. Um, it always sit, tends to get caught up in the details in music and books, whether it's studio time or, oh, the agent needed this amount of money. So, you know, yeah, get, get that because, you know, you got a, a movie right after that. That. you know I like want- this I like this manifestation you're doing for me and I'm claiming all of it yeah yeah it, it just it just would make too much sense with the way things are going and how you know many of the youth are like okay I'll listen to an audio book but some of them are like well show me in a movie show me in a you know even if it's a short film and you got to meet people where they're at because the world is changing and, you know, that that's where we're at. And so here you are, you're preparing for this book, you, you know, you have employees, you have multiple businesses, what is your community give back that you're doing right now, or that you plan to do in the future with all the success that you're having and gonna have? So the one immediate thing I know we're getting ready to do is like a 12 days of Christmas, which I'm actually currently looking for um, a couple different organizations to, uh, partner with in the sense of, we would like to do, um, transformations for those in need. Um, they don't all need to be the same, but over a course of 12 days in December, um, one of the things that was done before by one of my, um, employees who does permanent makeup, um, They do like microblading for brows, which for those who don't know, it creates false hair strokes in the place of your brows. Some people use them strictly cosmetically. 
if they just are not happy with their brows or want to fill them in darker. But there's a lot of people with like alopecia and cancer who have completely like lost the hair or can't grow it, um, who have lost their confidence or don't want to be seen out because their face is just strictly missing their brows. And they're able to go in there and literally create eyebrows that look completely natural that if you didn't know personally you wouldn't know that they were not their real brows um and it completely for some people they're like oh whatever but it like completely changes that person's life um for the better they're able to to be proud of what they see and who they are and how they feel hence they're able to go out and do some really great things in the world because they feel more confident um and great on the inside and so we just want to do more of that. I want to give back to those, especially for this year. A lot of people have um, neglected themselves mentally, spiritually, and physically just with everything going on. And we might not be able to tap into like where people's mental are, but if we can lift spirits and change um, their outlook on, on how they physically look in hopefully that in return reflects how they feel on the inside, um, then that's what we want to do. Um, prior to COVID, it was funny, one of our initiatives moving forward was going to be with the youth. And I wanted to continue something I had started uh, working on with someone a few years back, which was like a passport initiative where we um, raise funds and donate funds to give kids from the inner city um, passports who have never had passports, never had an opportunity to um, travel, most not even out of their city, let alone out of the state or out of the country. Um, and to take that a step further, after we donated a certain amount of passports, we were looking to then do like um, some kind of BB Desire Glam initiative where we would um, be able to take them on their first international experience um, for the first time. And I wanted to make that something that we did annually. Um, and this year was supposed to be the, um, the first time we rolled it out and actually like did our first huge donation and then did our first trip. Um, and I had partnered up with someone who, who was setting up a schedule. And it just so happens that the tour was supposed to be a China tour. Um, December of 2020 and then maybe a month and a half or so later uh, COVID came skyrocketing out and that kind of put a halt a temporary I'm gonna say a temporary halt on um, on, on those plans but it is definitely something that um, I plan to still make happen once you know once it's safe and once things have um found whatever our new normal is gonna look like for the future. Um, and I'm also planning to do an academy, a BB Desire Glam Academy, which I am working on. And that will be for um, young women to attend. And um, it'll be what I feel is like an entrepreneur version of a high school or a school program, um, but it won't be like your typical um, homeroom, math, science, lunch kind of thing. It's gonna be more dedicated towards the things I, I wish I would have known 
coming out of high school, if I knew that I wanted to go down a path of entrepreneurship, or even if somebody had, if there was a display of somebody showing me that it was possible or what it looked like. So things as far as like your credit, um, things as far as opening a bank account, checking account, investments, um, learning about LLCs and incorporations and limited liability and um, learning about partnerships and, and negotiation and contracts, um, how to draft those, um, barter agreements, um, just things that along the way have made a difference and things that I had to learn um, are things I want to teach outside of the academy won't be strictly for people who want to be in beauty industry, but it will be focused um, on that. There will be other partners that I bring in who will teach kind of other specialties that are not in the beauty industry, um, but the starting will probably focus strictly on those interested in a beauty field um, business for themselves. So those are some immediate things I think. Um, that I have in the works. And I thought you were gonna take people to, you know, Cuba or Cancun and show them what that 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 beach life, you know, looked like. So she said China. Now I'm sure you'll get those things going. What is the proper way people can, you know, you know, get on your wait list for that? Well, we do have a what do I want to call it? Like an intake form on the website, which is um, www.bbdesireglam.com. Um, but you can also um, shoot an email or if there's like an organization who just has people that they're interested in um, to info at bbdesireglam.com. Okay, okay. No, that that's good game. Right here, Palm Beach County for you guys to go get glammed up. You can go check out the rates online. You can go see, you know, have your, your mask as needed until we get out of this craziness so we don't have to shut down with all the increase. I don't want to give a game overload, but I do want to thank you for coming on the show, giving so those tips. And we're going to we're gonna take this offline, people. So like, share, subscribe, give it to a young person, old person who you know you think can benefit, they can jump in entrepreneurship themselves. Peace and blessings. Thanks for getting in the game and listening to the Diversified Game Podcast with Kellen, the number one show pairing entrepreneurship with diverse and inclusive perspectives like wine and cheese, bagel and locks, fish and grits. Be sure to visit DiversifiedGame.com for all the good stuff. Join in the conversation and discover more content.